This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex. And today, the letter is O. And O is for orgasm. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist. And I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people who were struggling maintaining conscious relationships with great sex to creating exciting sexual and intimate relationships that they found easy to maintain. We're working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. So many people don't feel as if they've had satisfactory sex unless they've reached an orgasmic peak. And some people believe that orgasm is only located in the genitals, but I'm here to tell you that people can have full body orgasms as well. Joining me to talk all things orgasm is my husband, Terrence Scott. If you've listened to the, hey, if you've listened to the show before, um, you know that we've been together for almost 11 years, married for five, are polyamorous, and are in a 24-7 authority transfer-based relationship. So... Before we talk type of orgasm and tips, I want to talk anatomy for a second. Um, Would you be surprised, Terrence, to know that many women don't know their own anatomy? Would I myself be surprised? Yes. It's really quite frightening. Um, Many women have never really looked at their genitals and they don't really know how the system works and they don't know where the pleasure comes from, and therefore they don't know how each part of the anatomy figures in the orgasm. So, hmm, go ahead. We're we're raised to to really not think about that parts of our body. It's supposed to only serve one purpose. Well, yeah. Um, They say. Well, I mean, mean, also it's easier for men because, you know, frankly, the equipment's out there, out, out, front of the body so you can see it very easily that being said you'd be surprised how many men haven't really examined theirs yeah that i know that to be true um so physiologically the brain and the circulatory system are the two areas that are most deeply involved in orgasm for both men and women the brain is the center of sexual excitement it's really important to remember that if you don't get the brain engaged almost nothing else happens And the brain stimulates the increased blood flow into the genitals. The central nervous system fully engages the nerves that feed the genital area, which are hooked up into the brain's reward system, and a feedback loop builds until the peak is reached. And that's really what it is. It's a feedback loop. Uh, Both men and women experience some of the same physiological phenomena. Blood fills the penis, the nipples, the lips for men, and for women, the labia, the clitoris, the nipples, and the lips. Both experience rhythmic pulses during orgasm, and many women also ejaculate. And there are really a ton of ways to make orgasm happen. Um, One thing that can change the intensity of an orgasm or guarantee an orgasm or help somebody experiment with multiple orgasms is a sex toy. 37% of women have trouble with orgasm. Either they don't reach it at all or they find it very difficult And an even higher percentage don't have orgasm during penetrative sex. So a good quality sex toy can go a long way to creating satisfaction. Adam and Eve is the leading sex toy company in the United States, and they've been making delicious erotic toys for over 45 years. And their products are great quality. I first discovered Adam and Eve when I was 21 years old and I moved to North Carolina. And my first sex toys were actually purchased from them. I was really excited to see that they still have one of the widest varieties of toys, including sex machines. And when you buy from them with my code, you get free treats. And free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom and spice up your sex life is even better. So you can select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. You enter the offer code ATOZSEX. 
so A2Z sex at checkout, and you get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item for the couple to enjoy, and six spicy movings plus free shipping. So it's A to Z sex, so it's A T O Z S E X at adamandeve.com. Um, so let's talk types of orgasm. All orgasms are not alike. No. Nope. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, what do you think about the biggest things that get in the way of orgasm? Oh, goodness. Um, from a male point of view or from a female point of view? I really can't speak from the female point of view. So speak from the male point of view. I know at least when I was younger, my, my biggest hang up was, am I coming too soon? Hmm. When you were younger, that was a hang up. Well, yeah, because it, it's, it's tied to ego. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you want, you want to seem like, 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 you know, the, the, the really great lover and great lovers, you know, don't, don't stick it in and explode in 30 seconds. Yeah, that's true. So, uh- you're, you're, as a man, you, you want to get there, but as a, as a good lover, you want the experience to last. So you're fighting with your, with, with two different urges. Yeah. Yeah. Orgasms are also affected by cognitive state. And this is true for both men and women. Um, And so if you're stressed um, if you are depressed, uh, if you're angry, um, all of those things can negatively impact orgasm. Um, uh, it's, it's kind of paradoxical, but orgasm will really lift your spirits if you're depressed. I mean, not paradoxical, it's understandable, but, but it is paradoxical that it, it's, it's harder to get there. And it's not just that you don't have interest, it's actually harder to get there. But that's the very thing that can help lift people's spirits, one of them. Um, Also, what chemicals are in your body at the time. So hormones, drugs, alcohol, and other medications have a huge impact on orgasm. Oh, yes. Um, If you are somebody who has to take medication for blood pressure, um, uh, blood pressure medication can have a really big impact on libido and desire. It can have an inhibitory effect on orgasm. So some people have no trouble, um, and particularly in men, have no trouble getting erect, but um, they can go on for hours <laughs> because they can't come. Um, and you might think that's fun, but actually after about you know an hour, most um, partners are like, okay, can we get this over with already? You know, so it's, um, it's, it's not a comfortable situation. Uh, antidepressants are notorious for causing problems with orgasms and um, libido. So figuring out what's going wrong can sometimes be a little bit difficult. Um, and, and people tend to get really, really uptight about it as well um, and, and feel really bad about it. So there's a ton of anxiety loaded on top of it. Yeah. The thing you, you mentioned earlier when you said, you know, like, you know, worrying about not coming too soon is an interesting one because if you're worrying about that, you usually do come. So it's the first thing that, that I do when I work with somebody where that's an issue is you, you got to stop worrying about it. You know, you take a break. Don't worry about it. it. If it happens, it happens. You can always start again. But if you put loads of attention, oh, my God, oh, my God, I don't want this to happen. A lot of times exactly what you don't want to happen happens. Well, I, I have to say that, that you can only start again thing happens quicker when you're younger. Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, I say you can always start again. If I'm talking to somebody in their 50s, you know, you might be starting again a couple of hours from now. If I'm talking to somebody in their 20s, they're starting again in five minutes. Yeah. And recovery time is longer for for men and women are different. But for women who do have a refractory time like men, and there are some of of, of us who do, um, recovery time is also longer as you get older for women as well. Um, We're a few minutes before break, believe it or not, and when I come back, we're going to talk about the types of orgasms that you can uh, have and and the ways to get there, Um, and um, we'll talk about that in depth, 
And also, we'll talk about the kinds of problems that people have um, in, in terms of orgasm a bit more and um, what some of the psychological issues are around that kind of letting go, because a lot of people find it really difficult to be out of control. And orgasm is a time when you are definitely out of control. So we'll talk about all of that when we get back after we hear from our sponsors. See you in a couple of minutes. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives. But most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Are you fed up with reaching outside yourself for an inner solution? The next diet, the next few pounds to lose, the next drink, the next shopping spree. Tune in to Already Enough with host Kelly Backert. You'll hear tips about how to stop endless searching for an outward solution to an inner condition. Get helpful tools about food, body, self-care, stress management, mental health, and how to live your best life. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And today, the letter is O, and O is for orgasm. And we are talking with my husband, Terrence Scott, um, all about orgasm. So before the break, I said we were going to talk about um, different kinds of orgasms. So how many different kinds of orgasms can you name? You mean as far as uh, uh, name? I, I got nothing. You got nothing. Okay. How many different kinds of orgasms do you think there are? Again, are we talking male or female? Yeah, both. Take a guess. Um, I would say that male, probably three or four. Mm-hmm. Well, what would so? Which ones would those be? Well, there's the there's the the ob, the obvious orgasm, the you know the geyser, and you know all the experiences wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. There is the mental orgasm where. Even though you are having an ejaculation, the, all the exuberant is not tied up in your genitals. It's in your head. Okay. And then there's, at, at least from my perspective, there's both, where it's just an all-consuming, the world goes away orgasm. Okay, so you're talking about an all-body orga- a full-body orgasm there. Full-body orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so what people need to realize is that your genitals are actually enervated by several pairs of nerves. And orga- the different kinds of orgasms really have to do with which different combinations are stimulated and so which different sensations you end up with. 
Um, so for women, the clitoral orgasm is actually the most common orgasm. And many women do not come unless you stimulate their clitoris. So it's a really good idea to know where it is um, on the female body, be able to find it, and also to understand that it's not all outside the body. In fact, the part that you can see is the smallest part of the clitoris. The clitoris is the, the main part is inside, and the bulbs from the clitoris are inside the vaginal canal. So you're stimulating that as well when you do any kind of penetration, whatever you're penetrating with. Um, so that's that's kind of the most common type and the most prevalent type. Um, and um, then there are vaginal orgasms. Um, and uh, some people don't make a separation, but other people do. And um, vaginal orgasms are as a result of penetration. Those are the ones that everybody thinks are the, quote, real orgasm. Like when you're growing up, that's what you're told. You know, you should ha have an orgasm with your partner. Um, particularly, you're particularly told this if you're being given heterosexual information. So, you know, with your husband should make you have an orgasm when he fucks you. That's when you should have an orgasm and that's it. Sets a lot of women up for failure because many women just don't get off that way. Um, it, it's, a, it's a different uh, uh, layers of sensation. Um, and then there's the G-spot, which is inside the vaginal canal, and that can produce a different kind of orgasm. That's pretty intense. That, um, in my experience, G-spot orgasms are more likely to produce female ejaculation. Um, and we used to think that, um, you know, it was only very few women who ejaculated, but in actual fact, um, lots of women ejaculate. They just don't ejaculate much, so they're not aware of it. I went to an event recently, and I can thank the lovely Renee from Shush Women's Erotic Emporium for teaching me something, which was that there's a difference between female ejaculation and squirting. That those are two different things for some people, and the, the fluid actually comes from different places. So um, there's that as well. Then there is a nipple orgasm, which men or women can have. So there are loads of people who come just from having their nipples stimulated. Um, anal orgasms from anal stimulation. Again, both men and women can experience this. Uh, and then full body orgasms um, or blended orgasms where you've got the clitoris and the vagina being stimulated at the same time. So you have an orgasm that brings in both. Full body orgasms can actually happen as a result of no physical stimulation whatsoever, which people are often really amazed to find out that it's possible to come without being touched. Yes, you can talk somebody into an orgasm. You know, not only talk somebody into an orgasm, I can think myself into an orgasm. I know you can. Well, but anybody can learn this. It's really important to understand that, that those two things, thank you very much, those two things are skills, right? <sighs> if you're able to reach orgasm, the ability to produce an orgasm through mental stimulation, which is like being talked into it for, by somebody or by watching something or, or, you know, basically talking yourself into it, is a skill. It's something that you can learn and practice. Um, and for those of you who want to know a little bit about how you create uh, that kind of new skill, what you do is you do the things that normally get you off. And you pair the things that normally get you off with someone talking, for example. I'm giving a secret away, which is going to bother a whole bunch of dominant men, right? Um, you know, because guys who are managed to um, get their uh, dominant men who managed to get their submissive, usually their submissive women to come on command and they like, you know, like they're all puffed up and it's like this amazing, this amazing thing that they can do and they have magic. And I'm going to ruin that because <laughs> it's not magic. You just pair the voice, the telling with an orgasm. So you get the person to the point physically where they're about to come and you pair what you want to be the trigger 
with them crashing over the edge and you do it enough times and that's how you end up with that skill. It's a great skill. It's a lot of fun. It's a good party trick. But it really is just a skill and it's not that difficult to do as long as you can reach orgasm. So I hope too many people don't write in and tell me that they're pissed off at me for giving away that secret. <laughs> um, I'm go ahead. Sure there are a lot of them who, if they didn't know how, may be uh, doing some experimentation real soon. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'm all about the education, right? So if they can go and, and do it, and it's a lot of fun to be able to do that because that means you can be, um, you can eroticize anything. You can be out on a shopping trip and, and your partner can trigger you into orgasm with a word or a look, right? Yes, yes. And, and so it's, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Hmm? Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it's great fun to do. So um, it definitely, if you, you should experiment with that. But, and just remember that it really is all about pairing and shaping behavior, so, um, and so for those of you who don't remember what I mean by pairing, um, we've talked about Pavlov here before. Um, Pavlov had these dogs and Pavlov noticed that the dog salivated every time there was food and he wanted to see if he could extend this behavior. So he paired this, the food and the salivation. He brought the dog's food. They started to salivate and he rang a bell and he did it enough times. Then when he rang a bell and there was no food present, the dogs would salivate. That's what pairing is. It's, it's called classical conditioning. Um, and it's easy to do. You can use operant conditioning, but I'm not going to go into a deep explanation of that now. But operant conditioning was the reward and punishment one. So you reward the behavior you want and you punish the behavior you don't. Both of those will work with creating um, new and more interesting ways to reach orgasm. Oh, I left out one of the orgasm types. Cervical orgasm. So um, for those of us who no longer have cervixes, we don't get to, to experience this, but apparently um, you can have an orgasm from stimulation of the cervix, and these are t uh, tend to be quite intense. Times when people have orgasms are also really interesting. There are a lot of women who talk about orgasm during breastfeeding and orgasm during birth. And I know that that squicks some people out, but... You know, this is part of the body's encouragement for us to keep procreating is by making all the things associated with procreation feeling good. Did I leave any out, you think? No, you seem to have covered that pretty good. So uh, just for information, there are four pairs of nerves for orgasm in women. And these are the nerves that take all the information back to the brain and provide the different types of orgasm. And this is one of the reasons why all orgasms don't feel alike. So if you stimulate all four pair of nerves, you'll get the blend and it'll be really, really intense. Um, three of the first pairs of nerves transmit information to the spinal cord, which is then um, sent to the brain. But one pair of nerves transmits via the vagus nerve, right? It is, sorry, one nerve that transmit is the vagus nerve, which is great because it transmits straight to the brain. So, even if a woman has a complete spinal cord bisection, they can still have an orgasm. Pretty amazing, isn't it? I know it's it's incredible. Good to know. Yeah, it really and I and I imagine I'm not wrong in saying that for many people that will be the first time that they've heard this. It's a really important bit bit of information. So you can be paralyzed and female and still have an orgasm because one of the nerves that carries the information about touch to your brain from that area of the body, carries it directly to the brain, bypassing the spinal cord, allowing you to get off. So you're, if you hear this, you should be telling your partners. If your partners hear this, you should be telling your ladies and experimenting. It's a wonderful thing. So we've got um, about... Two minutes to break. Um, when we come back, I will talk about some of the problems people have with orgasm, which I kind of didn't get there. But just before we go, a quick mention of Kegel exercises, pelvic floor exercises. These are wonderful things, and um, they actually do lead to better orgasms. 
Apparently, the stronger your pelvic floor muscles are, the better your orgasms are likely to be. So I encourage you all to try Kegel exercises. Um, the way that you figure out where those muscles are is if you're gonna if you're peeing, stop yourself from peeing. Those are the muscles. Um, can I say something? She's Wait. not just talking to the women there. No, I just I said everybody. Thank you, but thank you for reminding. Yeah, no, men too, men too, absolutely. Um, and so um, when, when I come back, we'll talk more about this and about the problems people can have in orgasm. And um, that comes when we hear a couple words from our sponsor. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite hosts it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time opinions options answers you're listening to voice america health and wellness This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week it's always for orgasm. We're on the third segment of the show and we're talking with my husband, Terrence Scott. And just before the break, I did say that I would talk about um, some of the psychological stuff that gets in the way of orgasm. And I think the biggest one is um, a fear of losing control, of letting go of control. And this impacts loads of people and makes it really, really difficult to come because the only way you can do this is if you let go. And if you're unable to let go of control, you just don't have an orgasm. It's that simple. Um, and it's not even about letting go of control to someone else, right? Um, because even having an orgasm alone requires letting go of control. So for some people, just being out of control is the problem. Uh, for others, you know, it, it, it has to do with letting go of control with a partner. And certainly when I was uh, much younger, that was a, a really big problem for me. Like there was no way up until I was just 19. There was no way. I just, I just was not comfortable. So I could come on, on my own, but actually coming with a partner, I would have to do it. I would have to masturbate because I couldn't let go of that control. It was just far too scary. One of the ways to start working on this is to um, back off 
and stop trying. I will never expect forget an experience I had in my early 20s when I wasn't reaching orgasm for whatever reason with this guy. And he kind of turned me into a science experiment because he was going to make me come or die. And after like four hours when I was sore and raw and still hadn't come, he finally decided to stop. Guys, don't do that. <laughs> right. It's not fun. Um, so, you know, one of the great joys of orgasm is that you can't control it. And so it being relaxing and being open to the sensations and letting your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit respond to all the stimulation and love you're experiencing is one of the great joys. So take some of the pressure off. If you don't reach orgasm, you didn't fail. You don't have to worry about it. Just enjoy whatever you're experiencing now. Um, if you practice meditation, one of the ways of helping yourself in this situation is employ your strategies to quiet your mind and allow your breathing to deepen and focus on one sensation only. Like I recommend that be the place where your bodies are connecting. Just the one sensation or focus on the smell of the person. Just, just that one and breathe into the sensation and enjoy whatever you're having. It also... For a point of information, it takes about 20 minutes of stimulation for a woman to reach orgasm. But that's with a partner. Interestingly enough, many women manage to reach orgasm during masturbation within 30 seconds to one minute. It's kind of interesting. Don't understand why the difference so much, but... Um, but on average, 20 minutes of stimulation, it's not just physical stimulation, that also includes mental stimulation. And orgasms last on average 18 to 22 seconds, which isn't very long. But there's good news because they get last longer and get stronger as we get older. So I think that's a great reason to continue to have sex the older you get. It's also a good reason to stay alive. Yes, <laughs> it's a very good reason to stay alive. Um, so what other issues can you think of involving orgasm for guys? And we talked a bit about, you know, the, the worry about coming too soon. And that's very definitely a big one. And one of the tips people is like, think of your grandmother and think, you know, and that sometimes works. But actually, um then you're not present in the sex, and that's kind of a drag. Oh, goodness. Um, de depending on the guy, you, you have factors like, you know, am I too big? Uh-huh. Oh, small? no, that's, a, that's one for, there's a, too big is a, it's too big, and people laugh when they hear that, so let's stop at that one for a second. Because people laugh, they're like, oh, yeah, what's the problem there? There are loads of guys who are worried about being too big. And some of them are. Yes. Right? And they're absolutely worried about it all the time. And they're worried about it because they've been told it once or twice. Some of them aren't, but they, but they were for one or two partners. And so they, they've been given this message. Um, and they're terribly worried about it. And that gets in the way of getting any rhythm together and, and coming. And there's a really cool um, little device called the O-Nut um, the ona is uh, made of it's soft rings that you can put on the penis. There's four of them that stack um, so that you can restrict the level of penetration. So if you're worried, if your partners complain that you're too big and you're worried about that, you can use this or one part of it even so that you're not penetrating to that really deep level and solve the problem. Then you can stop worrying about it. So, too big. What's the other, what was the next one? You said too small. Too small. Too 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 caught up on size and not on technique. Mm hmm. Are you, I mean, do you think guys worry about technique in general? In general, uh, let's be honest. No, they don't. Most guys don't worry about much. <laughs> Sorry, but it's true. It, it's, it's, uh, 
it's a learned skill. Yeah. To, to think past your own penis. Well, yes. It's a learned skill to think past your own gen- genitals at all. Because, uh, let's face it, uh, in in the household and around the people that I grew up in, you weren't worried about a woman's orgasm. Mm-hmm. You were worried about getting in, getting the nut, and going on your merry way. Yeah, that doesn't leave a lot of space for 20 minutes of stimulation. It doesn't. And what it also leaves you out there is then after a while you start developing a reputation and women don't want to date you. Well, yeah, not surprising. Guys tend to forget that women talk. Oh, uh, yeah. And if anything can get in the way of a man having an orgasm, it's being told, I've heard about you. Wow. With that, with that look. Hmm. Well, a lot of people worry about how often they should be having orgasms. It's almost possible. Well, as often as possible. But, I mean, there's a lot of worrying about, about, about how often you should have sex um, and what's normal and what's not normal. And um, the reality is, is normal is vastly different for each individual. And it's not worth worrying about. Um, I know that when I was in my first marriage, which was sexless, I thought I was the only married woman who was having no sex at all. And even the clients I was seeing were reporting having sex at least monthly. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a complete freak. Um, and when I finally plucked up the courage to talk to a friend, I found out that actually I wasn't alone. It was a marvel to me how many people were in sexless relationships and weren't talking about it. So, you know, these are the kinds of things you need to talk about because if you want to change them, the only way you're going to do that is by talking about them. And I'm, often, I'm amazed often how people sort of get into this orgasmic rut. We have the ways we make ourselves come, and this is applicable to all genders. Okay, like 80% of us masturbate, and it should be 100%, but 80% of us masturbate. Um, and we learn to get ourselves off and we often find a particular way that works really well. And so when you find a way that works really well, what do you do? You stick with it. Absolutely. Um, particularly if it's something that works relatively quickly, you know, <laughs> so people stick with the way that works. There's a problem with that. Um, Cause often we do this when we're very young. And if you when you're older, develop any kinds of physical issues. For example, if your way is very dependent on wrist strength and you develop arthritis, or if your way is dependent on having your fingers in a certain configuration and you develop arthritis, those are the two obvious ones for me that come up Um, because lots of people have that problem. Then you find yourself in a situation where you can't get off and it's really frustrating. So one of the things that I advise people to start doing is experimenting with all the different ways that they can come instead of going back to the old standard. Take a little more time, spend a little more time with a partner or spend a little more time masturbating. I know Martha Tara Lee has probably been mentioned by me more often on this show about her her masturbation full-day dates um, than any other expert, but I just loved when we – did the show um, um, it was a couple of years ago when she said she recommends people take a day and have a full day for a date with themselves and masturbate on and off all day yeah um basically you know if you're going to play with yourself play with yourself well yeah (laughs) but most people don't do that they're very focused and it happens very quickly yes so we are, um, again, a couple minutes from break. And in the last segment, um, we'll talk some more about this. A um, couple of tips for orgasm, fun ways to turn yourself on and get yourself off. And I also want to talk about um, Havelock Ellis's research where he went to a variety of religious groups to find out about the frequency of sex and what various religions and spiritualities felt was how often you should be having sex because I found it really amusing. 
Um, and so, and because it puts paid to the fact that actually a lot of religious groups do not tell you that you should never have sex. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes after word from our sponsors. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel is a program that explores emotional management for a healthier lifestyle. On each program, we discuss ideas that support emotional well-being, such as mental illness, relationships, parenting, and family connections, and much more. If you are facing challenges in your life, you can grow and learn by exploring new techniques in dealing with stress, anxiety, and relationships. Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel airs live Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America health and wellness your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And today, this is the final segment of O is for Orgasm. And I'm with my husband, Terrence Smith, uh, Terrence Smith, Terrence Scott. I'm looking at Smith in front of me, um, talking about orgasm. Um, So before the break, I did say that I I was going to talk a little bit about Havelock Ellis's research. He was a researcher in the early 1900s. And he liked to study sex and sexual behavior. And it's very interesting to read his original research. It's out there. You can actually easily get it on Amazon. So I encourage you to have a look. Um, You know, it's academic, so it's a bit dry, but it's very interesting. Um, In his research about the frequency of sex, and of course he was talking about married couples because those were the only people who were supposed to be having sex. He reported these recommendations according to various religious and cultural groups. So let's start with the Zoroastrians. The Zoroastrians' religious leader decreed that sex should occur once in every nine days. I think that had to do with numerology, but once in every nine days. The Hindu authorities decreed three to six times per month. Um... Solon, who was an Athenian statesman, stated you should have sex three times a month. The Quran, once a week. The Talmud says once per day to once a week, depending on the occupation of the husband. I love that. Some occupations get to have sex once a day. Which one? I don't know. Which one? I don't know. I'm going to have to go look. Probably doctors and lawyers. <laughs> this is what every Jewish mother wants you to marry a doctor or a lawyer, right? That might be why. Yeah. Well, sex once a day. Um, Martin Luther, who was the founder of Pro- Protestantism, if you don't know, twice a week. Nowhere here do you see once a month. Uh, nowhere here do you see rarely Nowhere here do you see sex looked on as something that is utilitarian, even though most of these groups saw procreation as the primary function of sex. It isn't looked on as utilitarian because it's not 
uh, once every nine days until you go through menopause, right? And can no longer make babies. It's not once a week until you can no longer make babies. This is how it is. Um, and, And in the Jewish religion, it's really important that a husband satisfies his wife. And if you don't, that's a grounds for divorce, for a religious divorce. You can get a religious divorce on the fact, on the grounds that your husband doesn't make you come, which I think is pretty amazing. Really. Um, In my practice, people's rhythms vary over time. And the variance comes mainly because of health, stress levels, how relationships are going and, and whether people are in a relationship or single One thing that is really clear is when people are in a relationship, more sex and more orgasms are definitely better for the relationship. They increase emotional intimacy and positive feelings about your mate, your relationship, yourself, and sometimes even the whole of your life. There's really good news because research says there's a clear relationship between the age of the person and the likelihood of them experiencing orgasm when you're having sex. So this means that it isn't too late to get yourself into your maximum orgasmic prime, no matter how old you are. The chemicals released during orgasm are great. It's the best high. It's a natural high. There are some people who believe that um, you are actually depleting your life force every time you have an orgasm. Um, and so they recommend not having orgasms. There are a variety of spiritual disciplines that talk about not having orgasms, some of them because you're building up the energy to let it out in a different way, um, and you can read Montak Chia's stuff to, to, to learn about that, but some of them really believe you're, you're depleting your life force. I find that hard to understand because um, energy is energy is energy, and, and energy doesn't disappear, so I find it hard to understand how the releasing of energy depletes life force, but there are some people who believe that. Um, And the best place to start in terms of orgasm is with yourself. The better you know yourself, the easier it is for you to be able to help a partner give you what you want and need. One of the things that um, is, is, is really common, and I've experienced it myself, is people staying in a relationship that's basically a, yeah, a bad relationship. It's basically crabby because they're having good sex and because they fear that they'll never have good sex anywhere else. So I said earlier in the show that like when I was up until I I was 19, orgasm was really problematic and I had major sexual trauma when I was 19. So orgasm became problematic again because that's kind of what happens. Um, And I was 22 when I um, got entered graduate school. And I mean, I guess about six months later, seven months later, maybe I was 23. I met this guy who I ended up living with for two years. Um, And I hadn't had a lot of um, people go down on me. I don't know why, because I've been involved with women too, but I just hadn't had a lot of people who enjoyed oral sex in my life. And he did. And he was really good at it. And I came like gangbusters every time he went down on me. And I definitely stayed in that relationship longer because I finally was having predictable orgasms with a partner and I was afraid I would never find another partner where it would work. Don't do that. Learn how to be in charge of your own orgasm and know what works for you so that you can tell somebody what works for you instead of giving them the power. The only time you should be giving somebody else your power is if you're in a power exchange. And even then you're giving them the authority over your power, not your power. Yes. Oh, you're only giving them the keys to the car. You're not giving them the car. Absolutely. And what we didn't talk about, um, what people do and play with orgasm. Um, So a couple of tips. You have a good tip for making an orgasm more fun or better or more intense? Goodness. I say, at least from my point of view, try to make it fun. Mm-hmm. Not just try to get to the orgasm. Try to make your orgasm fun. 
Okay. Because if if it's fun, then then you're going to want to do whatever you need to do that just adds to the fun. I mean, if you're used to doing it one way and that's good, okay, shift it just enough to try something different. Make it, don't make it a chore. So it should not be a chore. Well, yeah, definitely not. So I'm going to talk, I'm going to just briefly mention edging. Um, edging is where you push somebody closer and closer to orgasm, but you don't go over the edge. The idea is to stay on that really razor thin line um, between orgasm and not orgasm for as long as possible. So edging can be a lot of fun. My Men and women. Think that's fun. Yeah. Men and women can both benefit from it. Um, um, temperature. Experiment yeah, yeah. with temperature. Heat and cold. Lots of fun. We're only a few minutes from the end. So I want to quickly thank Adam and Eve for sponsoring the A to Z of Sex again and remind you guys not to forget to grab yourself an erotic bargain at www.adamandeve.com. Use the code A2ZSEX to get your free gifts. That's A-T-O-Z-S-E-X. We're skipping P and Q and we'll return to them later because next week I have an amazing guest for R is for Rope. Midori will be joining me to talk all things rope, shibari, and about the art of feminine dominance and so much more. That's live on the 12th of December, 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. GMT. And Midori is going to come and teach in London beginning of April, it looks like, this year. So stay tuned for more information about that. Email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com with questions, suggestions, or guests or topics. Um, instead of giving lots of things away this holiday season, why not invest in yourself and your relationships? Give the gift of sex coaching with my taster package. And if you want to find out about it, head over to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash the number 10 day taster. So it's the number 10 D-A-Y-T-A-S-T-E-R. Um, I I'm so excited for next week. I want to thank my husband for joining me this week. It's been lovely having you as usual. And I look forward to sex. Yeah, that too. And orgasm. Have lots of orgasms this week. And we'll see you next week with R is for Rope. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to LoriBeth at drlaurybethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week. <laughs>